Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Gutterfire, and they have a new album called Chill. So you scream Gutterfire because it has an exclamation point, but then afterwards, just chill, baby. Uh, absolutely. And that album was released on September 10th. Right now, I'm being right <laughs> right now I'm being joined by Sean, who's thankfully quite chill about the gutter fire I just had. So, Sean, thank you for coming on to the show today. Thank you. You're quite welcome. You know what's funny? Maybe you guys get this a lot. I don't know. I was just thinking. I just imagined an actual fire in a gutter, and I've never seen that before in my life. Um. Yeah. Well, uh, the name. We were just sort of chucking around names, to be honest, uh, when we first kicked off. And we wanted something that didn't pigeonhole us, uh, so people didn't automatically think, you know, we're this genre of music. Um, but, uh, yeah, apparently that's how people used to dispose of their rubbish, uh, is just burn it in the gutter. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, gutter fire, it is. Sweet. I kind of had an idea. You know, we have an expression about being a dumpster fire. So I'm pretty sure probably something very similar in Australia, I imagine. Yeah. About how last year and a half of humanity has at least been a, somewhere between a gutter fire and a dumpster fire. Absolutely. And our theme is just Armageddon, to be honest. Um, that's that's how we like to sort of pitch ourselves. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, bring it on. End yeah. of the world. Sweet. So you mentioned not pigeonholing yourself into a band name, which, I mean, that brings up an interesting conversation about band names and genres and how sometimes you just know, based on their band name, you just know what to expect about the kind of music that they do. And that, it's kind of always blown my mind a little bit that that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I suppose as human beings, we like to categorize things, right? So, um, Certain words have certain connotations, um, and you just you automatically go there. Um, the original name that we'll kick around, and it sort of ended up being our, uh, uh, I suppose, like um, mascot is is the Doomcock. Um, <laughs> so we're get, we're going to call ourselves Doomcock. Um, so yeah, if you had have seen the band name Doomcock as opposed to Gutterfire. You know, what, what would have your thoughts have been? <laughs> you know, uh, we may not have been having this conversation. You might have just been like, nah, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I mean, if Mish had sent me Doomcock, I probably would have questioned her, her credibility a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Though recently, I can't remember where the, in Australia the band was. I'm trying to remember. Maybe Melbourne. But they had mentioned that there was a local guy or band uh, before the pandemic, called Cocklord, and he was going around doing shows as Cocklord, and I thought, yeah, Doomcock, Cocklord, yeah, uh, yeah, it's all sorts of weird and wonderful um, people out there that like to call themselves things. So. <laughs> Well, it's just the beauty of being an artist, right? Like, you can do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, my next question that stems off of, you know, not wanting to uh, pigeonhole yourself with a band name was, did you guys already have some songs in place and then you were naming yourselves and kind of recognize that, well, I, I don't want to phrase it as we don't have a solidified identity yet, but you know how some bands, like, they write so- songs so drastically different that it sounds like a compilation, almost like a cover band. Uh, as opposed to a unified, this is who we are, this is what we sound like kind of thing. So I'm just kind of along that route. How did you guys end up 
having that conversation. Yeah. Um, so back in sort of 2017, 2018, um, Aaron, uh, the other guitarist, yeah, he sort of got us all together because um, we, I knew him from years ago playing in other bands um, and he knew the other members through playing in bands as well. So we sort of he got us all together because he thought we had something um, special, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, we started jamming. Uh, with with sort of like a stoner rock vibe sort of happening. Um, that's that's what we wanted to sort of go down the path of. Um, so like bands like Red Fang and um, stuff like that was, you know, like mutual interest to us. So we're jamming, 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 uh, writing songs. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, we all came from very different backgrounds. So I listened to a lot of like hardcore and um you know, Aaron's uh, a lot of rock and roll and that sort of stuff where, you know, like Kevin, our, our singer, like uh, he's a massive fan of like Faith No More and, and that sort of thing. Um, so you've got all these like, weird and wonderful <laughs> mix of genres that we all sort of come from. Um, yeah, that's how that sort of worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, and then... Six months later, we've written, you know, a set worth of music, and we're like, oh, we got to call ourselves something. <laughs> um, and then it's just a matter of, yeah, knocking around some names. Uh, we, we use like random word generators. Uh, we'll just, I think it took us a couple of months, to be honest, um, try and figure out a name. And yeah, that's how we landed on Carterfly. Yeah. Well, it could, it could take ages. Cause then you gotta yeah. you gotta do the search and you find out there's already six other bands that have that yes. name. <laughs> yeah, that did that did happen for for a couple of other <laughs> names. I think I can't remember what they were years yeah. ago. But yeah, you got to do that Google search. Um, it's like some obscure band in Southern America. You're like, oh damn, it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was in a band like ten years ago, and we thought we did all the research, and then we got a cease and desist letter in the mail. Ugh. We're like, screw you guys. Ugh. I'll be along then. <laughs> so I'm watching a music video for I'll Be Along, which is available in today's show notes. So those listening in on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you're listening, watching on YouTube, the website, therockandrollpodcast.ca, there'll be links for uh, not only the band's website, but also as well uh, two music videos. One which is eight, which is super clever, and we'll get into that in a second. Uh, and the next one is I'll Be Along. And... Uh, great music video. It actually kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Enter Sandman. You know, like the kids sleeping on the bed and the band's playing. Kind yeah. Of, kind yep. of thing. Yep. Um, was that an influence in this? Kind of sound like you you knew exactly what I was talking about. Uh, yeah, I know the film clip. Um, Metallica, big fan of this. Um, well, this clip was a little bit different because we, we were working with um, Clint from Red Tape pictures and that's who also did eight as well um but for i'll be along we personally didn't have any ideas for it um so we said clint you do you come up with something and um we trust you and uh yeah he went along and that's how he came up with uh i'll be along okay is it at all related to the song itself um, 
Well, the, the song has themes. It's like a dichotomy of uh, positive and negative points because uh, it's about self-sacrifice. Um, I suppose the way Clint looked at it was that it's a heavy, sort of serious, darker sort of song, uh, and that's required a, a darker film clip, basically. Mm-hmm. So that, that sort of fractured... Um, dark themes and that sort of stuff. Okay. Because, I mean, yeah, between between the chicken and the band name, you know, I definitely get um, a, a large sense of humor, but you mentioned that the song itself is now actually a bit more serious. Yeah. Um, it's probably the most serious song that we've released uh, in terms of themes. Um, yeah. Because we, we do like to just take the piss out of stuff, to be honest. Um, and, yeah, just very comedic and that's definitely a theme throughout all of our other film clips um but yeah this one probably because we didn't design it uh it was a little bit more serious and uh yeah clint took that uh, artistic uh took the artistic lead on it mm-hmm. mm. yeah um you mind delving into the lyrics what the track is about uh, yeah, yeah. As I said before, it's um, positive, negative points because uh, it's about self-sacrifice, uh, but doing so because you don't think you're worth as much as other people. Um, so it's written in the perspective from Kev, our, our singer. Um, I don't really have much influence on the, on the lyrics. <laughs> um <laughs> But, yeah, it's, I suppose, Kev just working through his thoughts and feelings on certain things, um, and that's how he came up with I'll Be Along. Okay. Mm. Very, very cool. I guess my next question is particularly with regard to I'll Be Along, uh, kind of like an office space. What would you say you do here? So what did you – what's your influence on I'll Be Along? Um. I'm the, the lead guitarist, so I did all the lead work on it. Um, but it's Aaron's song, so he sort of came to the to the band with the riffs um, and all that sort of stuff. So the way Gutter Fire works is that, you know, we'll sort of come in with either one of us will come in with a basically a finished song and then add all the polish touches to it. Um, or, uh, you know, then we might have bits and pieces of stuff and then we'll just sort of piece it all together ourselves over a period of time. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's sort of like how I'll be along worked. Aaron wrote it and, uh, yeah, we polished it off together. Polished it off. Now coming in to do lead guitar work, cause mm. obviously you're adding a bit of polish yeah. that may or may not need to be there. So I guess my question is as a lead guitar player, what was it that you were looking to do to polish off the track? What did you feel that it needed? Uh, probably more like melodic uh, guitar work. Um, something a little bit more... Sounds like it has a purpose, I suppose, because that's, that's sort of like the, the song. It, it moves, um, so it's got to do that. But, um, yeah, it's more written sort of... Rather than just like shredding, I suppose, it, it's more of a written... Um, solo, you know, with uh, intention. Yeah. 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 When you said giving it some purpose, I immediately knew that you weren't looking to just go in there 
and show us that you've practiced your scales for on the edge of your bed for days on end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the things that I actually appreciate about your guys' music is that it sounds like everything that is there is intentionally there. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, we'll spend months and months and months just, yeah, really working on um, just certain little bits, you know, like just those, because that's what makes a lot of songs, you know, it's just just little tiny little bits here and there, you know, like a little, just a little drum part that's a little bit different coming out of the chorus, the second chorus or something like that. And so we really try to add that sort of stuff into our music, just just little, just little things, um, little Easter eggs, I suppose, <laughs> um, for people to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of that tongue-in-cheek, we have the music video for 8, which I remember when, I believe, um, it was sent to me, I saw it, and I thought, this is completely ridiculous in all the best ways. So, yeah. again, was this your guys' idea, or did you hand this over to Clint, and Clint just showed up with a bunch of Muppets, and you thought, okay. Uh, no, no, it, it was our idea. <laughs> um, but a very much a combined effort. Um, so the the Muppets, Clint actually owned. Um, uh, and then we got an actual professional company called Larrikin uh, Puppets, they're called... Um, and they did all the all the puppeteering behind the scenes. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> yeah. Even even the chicken is there. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's there. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh I'm sure you've heard it. Maybe not. Ailstorm uh released a single called Chicken on a Raft. Have you have you heard that? Uh no, I haven't, but I am familiar with Ailstorm. Yeah. yeah. I, you might get a kick out of that. Since your your logo is uh, a chicken. Um yeah you might get a kick out of chicken on a raft, which is okay. yeah, just a song about a chicken on a raft. Nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we got, I'm watching it now. We got some moshing going on. One of the Muppets comes in, grabs your guitar. I believe your guitar and then starts jamming away doing yep. a guitar solo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Similar question. Driving some purpose. What, what was the intention with the lead guitar behind eight? Fun. I just wanted something big and just fun. That, that's really what it was. That's what the song is. It, it's just a, a big fun song. So it just needed something that was simple um, and, and big. So I think when I recorded that, I, I think I did it in the first take. It was just, um, yeah, just got in there one night and straight up. I think it, that was the first take, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then... It looks like same gear between the two music videos. Is that a jazz master? Jag. Fender Jag. Fender Jag. Okay. Yeah. Take us through your equipment. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so we play in a couple of different tunings, but um, the, the sort of the main tuning is like a drop C, uh, and I've got the Fender Jag in that tuning. Um, it's a 62 Japanese reissue, um, so it's – Brand new, but yeah, based on the 62 model. Um, I play an orange dual terror as my amplifier. It's like a little dirty water. Um, I like to keep my gear like as small as possible. So I'm super lazy with carrying stuff around. It's, you know, um, if you've played in bands before, you know how it is. <laughs> load ins and load outs. It's like the worst <laughs> part of the job. <laughs> um, and then uh, I've got a, a pretty extensive sort of foot pedal um, arrangement. Uh, 
you know, I love my crybaby wah. If anyone, when you finally do listen to the album, you'll hear a bit of bit of wah on there. That's usually my sort of signature thing. That's what I've done for years. Um, and then, uh, you know, a couple of dirty pedals, fuzz pedals. Um, you know, the big muff is always on there. Um, and I, I use a electro harmonic um, hot wax, it's called. It's like a, a dual pedal. It's got a, two pedals in one um, with it. So that's it's pretty fun there. Um, and then in the, the other tuning, which is usually drop D, um, I've just got a Fender Telecaster that I use. And it's like a twin humbucker job, so not single coils, but humbuckers. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, yeah, all stock stuff for your like uh, pickups and all that. Uh, yeah, the Jags um, stock, but the uh, the Telecaster because um, of the pickups. I've got uh, well, it's EMGs eighty one, eighty fives. So in there, yeah, just standard. I used to have the. Uh, What's his face? The singer from Metallica. Um, James Hetfield? Yeah, I used to have a headset in there as well. But, um, yeah, it was just a little bit too much, I think, for Gutterfire. <laughs> so, yeah, I dropped it down to the 8185s. <laughs> <laughs> little too much. Yeah, and then Kirk's got his Bone Breakers, which are, um, I think, a modded 8185, if I'm correct or mistaken they also use a lot of the 8160 combo they do yeah yeah so um yeah so uh, 8185s you can't really go wrong with them a lot of the time in rock and metal um it's a great little working horse yeah Um, yeah yeah baby it's like an sm57 you can't go wrong yeah exactly (laughs) you could try something else but all right you'd just be wrong you'd just be wrong yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be wrong sean no. um cool hot wax dual overdrive i'm looking it up right now apparently you can actually use one to boost the other within the pedal that's what i do yeah wow um yeah well that's cool yeah i can yeah i dig that baby i dig that okay sweet so we chatted about hot wax the dual overdrive pedal. Actually, you mentioned Metallica a couple of times and that Crybaby Waz are your thing, so you know exactly where I'm headed with this one. It was Kirk Hammett at all and uh, an influence in your Wah pedal usage? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say so. Um, I don't know. I just really like the Wah. Um, it sort of covers up the fact that I'm not a really, really good guitarist, I suppose. Like, you know, you can sort of just, you know, when you're shredding or whatever, you can just basically do whatever you want and it'll cover up um, anything there. It's sort of like an artistic form, um, as it were, just like that effect over the top. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. But, yeah. Um, Kirk Hammett, yeah, it's is unreal um when it comes to guitar playing i I believe um and a few people have sort of mentioned uh that have heard the album they sort of say oh yeah that's definitely like a kirk hammett vibe some of the stuff on there wow well there's a complimento sean yeah yeah i uh yeah Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm it's hard to understand why someone would want to compare me to the greats but um 
Well, the wah is kind of a funny thing because it's almost on every single guitar player's board, but how many people actually use it or use it, I don't know, well, I guess you could say. Uh, But there's a few people that definitely come to mind who, when they use it, it captivates your attention. And Kirk Hammett kind of gets maybe a joke that he overuses it, right? But um, that's his sound, and it works. Um, You know, so I just figured I'd... Figured I'd ask because Joe Satriani does a great job with uh, a wah. Rarely uses it, but man, there's a couple of songs that wouldn't sound the same without it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it just brings something to modern guitar. Um, it, it's just it has that sound. Um, and it's yeah. I don't know how to explain it really. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And even if you guys did want to do some disco or some R&B, it's right there for you. It's on your board. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, uh, I don't mind doing a bit of, yeah, reggae. Cool. All right, this album, Chill. What can you tell me about it? What was the intention behind this album? Is there a theme to it? Is there a concept to it? No concepts, um, but I, I think... It's a really good collection of songs um, that work well together. We spent a long, lot of time arranging um, the way the songs sort of flow into each other. So the uh, the flow of the album is intentional. Um, the, so the song after song. So if you do listen to it, please listen to it from beginning to end. And then once you got your favourite tracks, and you can skip around, I guess. Um, but the intention is definitely listen to it in order. Um, because there is a beginning and an end to it. You'll hear it. Um, the first track and the last track do have uh, a similar sort of start and end, basically, if you do hear that. Um, yeah, there's there's no concept. It really is just a collection of songs that we've all written um, and, and polished up together. It, we just wanted to get something out, you know, um, as an album. We didn't want to do an EP. We didn't want to do singles. We were just straight to the album um, for people to, to listen to and enjoy. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you guys would spend months working on, on songs and something else that you just mentioned now is that it's an actual album. It, it flows. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of work. How long did it take you guys to, to assemble all this? Uh, I, I dare say two years in the making because it, it really is just a collection of all the songs that we've written um, bar a, a couple that so didn't make it onto the album um, and uh, and the singles that we'd already previously released as well because uh, a few people were sort of asking they're like oh you're going to put the singles on there that you've released and it's like no it's just brand new songs never released um, yeah that was the plan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. alright cool chatted about I'll Be Along music video we chatted about eight Music video. We chatted about chickens. We chatted about yep. pigeons and pigeonhole mm. band names. Uh, a lot of poultry today on the Poultry Metal Podcast. Uh, <laughs> chatted about crafting lead guitar parts, wah pedals, reissued 62 Fender Jags, EMG pickups. Is there anything that we miss? Is there anything management is just going to be like really upset because we didn't hit? <clears throat> Uh, I think that's, that's about it. Yeah, there's no one that I've missed, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. 
September 10th album, Chill, Gutterfire, exclamation point. Uh, music videos will be available on today's show notes. The band's Facebook page, that's what I could find, um, will be available on today's show notes. If you guys, do you have like a, like a proper website or a link tree or anything like that that I should use instead? Yeah, yeah we've got a, a website. It's um, just gutterfire.com. That's, it should be fully updated. Gutterfire.com. I'm going there right now. Ooh, I like that. I always like sending people to anything, anything but Facebook is kind of my modus operandi. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Okay, so gutterfire.com will be available uh, along with the two music videos. I'll be along and eight. And there it is, baby. Thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today, Sean. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it.